0: Welcome, everyone. Nice to have you today. As we wait for a moderator, we are very excited for the topic that we have today, and it's all about attracting talent across borders. And um, maybe you can start with a bit of introduction over to you, Nyokabi, before Mark comes in. Then, then I'll go, then you can start from there.
1: Thank you very much, Oscar and Seamless HR for facilitating this. Nyokabi is my name, 25 plus years experience in HR over 15 of which is in a C-suite position, across TV, broadcasting, banking, and professional servicing industries, and uh, across a number of markets as well. I'm a beneficiary of working across borders, so this is quite in, close to my heart. But and, and all of the three times I've worked across borders have each had a very different personality and experience. I'll share more with you at the start of the discussions later on.
0: Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. We are indeed very happy to to have you here as well. I'm um, Oscar Gidenjinga, uh, Enterprise Health Manager at Simless HR. My role is to ensure that HR people get the necessary automation tools to actually be able to recruit and be able to run workforces across Africa, across borders. Mark, I see you are now here. Over to you as our moderator.
2: Thank you, Oscar. And apologies thanks. for that. Uh, Oscar, you do think the bill. You look like me with the beard and the bald head. So... You already took my job, and head of HR, Florence Nyokafi, had already given you the job, so thank you for starting us off and sitting there. Nyokafi, Florence, we spoke earlier a bit. It's good to have you with us, the Managing Director, Human Resources, Standard Chartered Bank, West Africa, Oskananga Enterprise Sales Manager, East Africa, Seamless HR, and what we're looking to get today is hiring tips on attracting talent across borders. I'll start with you, Nyokafi. First of all, you are leading by example. You are in the Western part of the continent and going by the name, I believe you are Kenyan. So already you are practicing cross-border work. In your view, what's the value of seeking talent globally for an organization?
1: Yes, indeed, Mark. I I am Kenyan. i consider myself probably half Nigerian, given how well assimilated I have been in Nigeria. As organization. Bearing in mind and taking cognizance of how flat the world has become, it would be a missed opportunity not to look across borders, not to look for the best talent wherever it may be. So, organizations that seek talent within and beyond their borders indeed may end up getting the very best that they can of talent. And in addition to that, it helps bring diverse thought and perspective by working with people from diverse environment. And that in itself adds value to the kind of decision-making and the strategy that organizations uh, would have.
2: If I mean you, Kapfi, because the question is what value there is for an organization to seek talent globally, the view or perspective is normally this is at an expense. Perhaps you're having someone come in on expat rates. Is that necessarily true with the bigger picture in mind in terms of the greater benefit to the organization?
1: I would look at it more as an investment. What investment is the organization looking to make? And looking at the organization I work for, Standard Chartered Bank, a mobility is highly encouraged because the organization has come to appreciate the value of having somebody bring in a different perspective when making decisions, whether it's cross-pollinating best practice across different markets or in the middle of a conversation, stopping people and asking them that, hey, have we considered doing it differently? So ultimately, if you use HR analytics and measure the ROI of having a more diverse team to the organization's productivity a lot more often than not, you'll find that it is indeed an investment worth making.
2: Thank you for that response. And, Oscar, I'll bring you in. And in, in your introduction, you did touch on it a bit. You said you help our uh, HR uh, systems be more efficient in terms of recruitment. Uh, as you introduce yourself to people who are still joining us, could you tell us how you plug into the work of your coffee in helping us, uh, especially in getting talent globally? How seamless HR plugs
0: in and makes it possible. Mark, I'm also a global talent, if I may. I'm actually logging in from Kigali as well. CMSHR like HR basically gives organizations tools and enabling them to attract these talents across borders. So if I just mention one of the tools that you have is our recruitment management system. With our recruitment management system, basically I can make uh, Yokabi's work easy in that. I can be able to help her now get to a global reach when she has a position advertised, it can actually get to people from Cape to Cairo. And also, very important, also help her make data-driven decision-making. So on the platform, the system is also able to guide her in actually knowing who is the best talent for certain charted, who is actually not going to be a cultural fit before even finish the interview process. And this is done through automation and artificial intelligence because automation and AI helps remove the clerical and mundane work that give Nyokabi a headache and actually helps her actually focus on her core role, which is HR strategic. So if I can remove the whole clerical mundane work when it comes to recruitment and actually help her fit, filter from a very long list and give her to the exact candidates, I believe I'll be making Newkabees new and other HR people in Africa work easier.
2: Just to be clear, Seamless HR in this way, making it easier for your coffee and others in the sector, whether it is uh, the banking sector or any other sector that is looking to get talent globally, you're not a headhunter. You're more on the systems and making it more Convenient. Is that right?
0: Correct. Software platform making it easier to automate all those processes. So at a click of a button, you can actually run the entire recruitment process and actually get to the exact candidate that you wish and want for your organization.
2: If someone would push back and say, Hey, I have LinkedIn, Oscar, and LinkedIn is quite big in terms of advertising global jobs, I'd, I'd also ask your coffee after you respond to that in terms of just differentiate how seamless HR. Uh, It's more than just LinkedIn in terms of getting uh, opportunities for putting the word out there that there is an opportunity to get people for the global uh, landscape.
0: If I take that one, LinkedIn basically is the output. But for HR professionals, there's a lot of things that happen even when you're coming up with that position or even before you come up with a job description. Because internally, there has to be a job requisition whereby internal teams are able to request to their HR people that they need that particular position. Then it is HR's work to create the job advert that is ultimately sent to LinkedIn. But now our platform goes above and beyond in that it can actually start with a long list and using something called applicant tracking system. Start with a long list of a thousand applicants and actually shortlist for you and give you the 10 best candidates that you can actually ever get. And from those 10 particular candidates, you're also able to set interview one, interview two, interview three, set up uh, psychometric tests, and actually at the end of the day, get that particular candidate. Without a system, that is one of the biggest headaches that HR people get, such that at the end of the day, recruitment processes become very tedious. And, and at the end of the day, uh, people end up shifting to what is easy, basically calling up somebody and saying, just give me a candidate. I just need to fill in this position. But with the platform, we make it easier. And at the end of the day, you're able to fulfill your organizational goals.
2: Very good in, in your response. Thanks to that, ask And to you, yo we talked about the value to an organization in getting mobile talent. Let's get a bit more personal and ask, and at least for those who are listening in, how employees can set themselves apart to secure employment in global organization. How can they best position themselves?
1: When it comes to international assignment or experience, Mark, one has to be quite clear that it is something they want. And I remember five years into my career, I knew that for me to grow to the heights that I wanted, I needed international experience. And my first stint was quite short really in South Africa. It was four-week stint, if I remember, where I was seconded to the HR function of one of the leading banks at the time. And fast forward to me joining Standard Chartered Bank again very strategically, because I knew it's an organization that develops careers across borders, I made it quite clear to early on that this is something I wanted. And when the opportunity came to move to West Africa as a managing director, HR, and cluster of six markets in West Africa, it, it was a no-brainer for me. But interestingly, even as I've been in Nigeria and uh, the West Africa area for the last five years, I've done yet another international assignment, which was to be the HR director for one of the global functions covering, what, 62 countries that littered out of uh, Nigeria. Why am I sharing this particular experience, Mark? It's because as a candidate, one has to have the desire and then build the capabilities and competencies that would be attractive to would-be employers internationally, whether it's within the organization or outside of the organization. I'm saying this in full cognizance that not everybody on this call works for a global entity, in which case LinkedIn and other opportunities, uh, platforms that exist, are there for us to find jobs and apply across borders. I hear people say that it's not easy to get hired because of some of the legal and uh, regulatory requirements. Um, across borders but what about gigs the world is flat now we are seeing an exponential if you may uptake of people working remotely so anyone who really wants to consider them talent themselves talent and really wants to work across borders just needs to start whether it's a gig or a short term uh, contract abroad but working from their resident country and from there they continue to build on the capabilities to make them attractive to would be international yes. higher Thanks.
2: And I think that's what Oscar is doing. He's gigging in Rwanda when he knows his uh, own base is Nairobi. And maybe he's trying to scale and go to the global market. Well done, Oscar, in, in your strategy. And I'll come to you, Oscar, in, in the name of being personal, where you talk about automating systems and HR as it's known. HR is known to be very one on one, face to face, and human. Like you can touch and feel and see the bottom language and what have you. What would you say to someone who looks at automation of systems with skepticism that it takes away the human and personal touch in terms of getting global talent, where someone really would want you to see them? Does automation take away that element?
0: Actually, no. Automation actually enhances the human element in terms of what HR people are looking for. And I'll give you an example. We are finalizing on pioneering on our recruitment management system, virtual reality and augmented reality, VR and AR. Basically, when HR managers like Nyokabi are actually looking for people, you've noticed a lot of uh, companies are not talking about culture fit. So with, with v- VR, we can actually immerse Mark in a situation whereby he'll have an, a similar experience if he's on day one at started chartered. And from that experience, managers are able to see actually that person is going to be a culture fit at the bank or not. So in terms of uh, the human element, we are now enhancing to ensure that you don't have to wait until six months in for you to realize that this person is not actually fit and proper for the bank or for any other particular organization. Because culture has now been seen as one of the most fundamental things that you need to look out for when you're actually hiring an employee because if you get a, a for lack of a better word a rotten apple that will actually destroy everything. So what seamless HR is now doing is actually giving you the platform be able to make these decisions even before you actually hire that employee. So I would say where we are right now cuz AI is already happening, AI enhancing recruitment processes and actually making it easier to actually get the exact talent you are looking for.
2: Maybe it's- there and you're shaking your head. That's one of the things about Twitter space. You can't quite see someone's reaction. Is it, in your view, something that enhances your work, such automated systems from companies like Seamless Charts? And would you say it takes away the personal touch that the human resource, even by name, the human resource is all about? New, New I, I
1: remember reading a World Economic Forum review. Was it in 2020, just before COVID? That by the year 2025, 60% of the jobs we do now would be replaced by automation or AI. And we are in 2023. And when I look at the future skills and just how fast generative AI and other forms of AI have come in to replace and make work easier, it it does indeed show that people need to reskill themselves in terms of skills and capabilities that would be required for the future. And for Me as an HR leader to support Oscar's points, I would rather spend more time in areas that only I as a human being can do best or I as a professional and allow technology and automation to really do what it does best, whether it's processing work, whether it's engaging employees on generic queries or any other work that doesn't necessarily need to be done by a human being that then gives me the time and headspace to bring the best and that to the people and that which um, the organization would need.
2: There is a question here. I'm taking it because I'd want to encourage people to uh, write in the questions There's someone in the back and taking them. And Shirley Sain says, the desire has always been there for most candidates, but why is it so hard for Kenyan recruiters to help connect such people in those global companies in your experience? country, could you respond to that?
1: Sure, thank you. There are certain legal and regulatory restrictions that would, of essence, get in the way of international recruitment. To start with, looking at the legal aspects alone, the immigration laws in a particular country would dictate as to whether the person applying to work there has a legal right to be in the country or not. And then the second one is the employment law. In some countries, the labor laws and the requirements are such that some rules are regulated and can only, of essence, be undertaken by people who have either been qualified in the country where the job is based or the nationals of that country. Take, for example, in if I use the example of Kenya, for one to be, um, see, there would need to be a chartered accountant and I believe a CPAK. So if somebody is applying for that role from another country and they're probably a chartered accountant in their country, they would need to then be certified in Kenya for them to practice. And like you mentioned earlier, a sad one is that some organizations probably shun off the cost involved in getting all the regulatory and legal paperwork required for talent to work in their country. If you ask me, I still maintain that this would be more an investment than a cost.
2: Thank you for that response. And Shirley, thank you for that question. I believe the response has given you a satisfactory understanding of why this might be the case, the legal bottlenecks. And actually, Shirley may have had a sneak peek at our note because that's where we were going, navigating legalities and compliance and cross-border hiring. And so we've touched on it a bit. As I give a reader to Yokashi, Oscar, in your work in terms of Employing AI and technology, a seamless HR, and making the work easier for HR across the globe, be more convenient and efficient in their recruitment process. Do you have any legal considerations? Because some might say technology is technology. Is there anything that you look at as seamless HR and consider?
0: First of all, uh, Mark, don't get worried about AI. Uh, no one is replacing <laughs> you. Yes, jobs that are put. <laughs> That voice, uh, you're okay. But in, in terms of um, uh, seamless HR, we, we take cybersecurity very important, especially having a platform that uh, transcends countries across Africa with different regulations. So, what you call our core is basically the global data protection regulation, what you call GDPR. So, that guides us and shows us in terms of your data and uh, being uh, churned across different companies, across different borders, how do we play within the rules? And uh, more to that, we take a step further and basically understand regulatory practices within different countries. So in Kenya, we have the Kenyan Data Protection Regulation, and we also ensure that in any country, any African country that we are, we also have to, as much as you have the GDPR, we also have to have the regulation within that particular country. So all that basically ensures that uh, on our platform, there's data encryption, there is multi-factor authentication, there is a secure data transmission protocol. So that at the end of the day, your data is safe and data can only be accessed by the parties that should have access to. So we've actually inbuilt this in our platform to ensure that at the end of the day, there are no data leakages and people confident, people know that there's no data mining. And at the end of the day, we have platforms that are free and fair and accessible to all. Thank you for that.
2: And uh, there are some questions that we would be taking here and we will just get to know who exactly has asked this. Before I take that to you your coffee, in terms of legality and what you have to consider in terms of compliance, just run us through the thought process, what your checklist is, the legal considerations, that companies should keep in mind when hiring international.
1: The first check, check that gives me the license to, op- to operate or to hire somebody from across country is to first ensure that they are the best candidate for the job. They have competed for it actively with candidates from whether it's a, the host country, if it's in Nigeria, or candidates from other parts of the world. So that at the end of the day, I can demonstrate beyond a reasonable doubt, to any would-be reviewer that the candidate was selected based on their credentials, first and foremost, and then the rest of the requirements would come in later. So coming into the legal requirements, so first and foremost, does a person have the legal right to be in the country, in which case, how do I ensure I comply with the immigration laws to get a person a residence permit in the country that... Uh, where the road is. The second one is uh, employment law. They would have need to have a legal right to work in this country. And usually a lot of times the immigration and the employment uh, law requirements go hand in hand. So that would then be a work permit. Thirdly, I would need to check, depending on the regulations in the country, has this candidate met the regulatory requirements? Is this a role where they need to meet certain qualifications dictated by the country they are coming to work in? For example, if they're coming to work in Nigeria, is this a regulated role that would need Central Bank uh, of Nigeria's approval? And what are the requirements by Central Bank of Nigeria for them to hire, say, a CFO, for example? And And they've listed those quite clearly. Once I've gotten all the regulatory and legal requirements out of the way, then the fourth one I would look at, and Oscar, you talked about it, ensuring that we meet data security requirements, especially when it comes to cross-border data. I know in markets like Ghana, which uh, again is within the ambit of space I look after, one has to get regulatory approval to transfer data of an employee from Ghana, for example, to another market. So I would need to ensure that is also covered. And then once the person is onboarded, there are other considerations to look at, especially when it comes to payroll and tax compliance. What is the tax jurisdiction requirement? Where does responsibility lie for paying and reporting taxes relating to the uh, international assignee or expatriate? What are the requirements of the organization and that of the assignee? In some of the countries, For example, international assignees are required to declare global worldwide income. I know the U.S. is one of those countries. Whereas in other markets, countries may have double taxation treaties, which would then probably ensure that the staff member, the talent working in a particular country is relieved of certain, certain taxes. And finally, I would ensure that even before the candidate comes in, they've met the due diligence requirements in terms of vetting the candidate to ensure they meet all of the legal and regulatory requirements of the country.
2: There's another question just along the lines of what you would consider to make it easier for someone to settle in. I'll ask it in a bit. To give you a breather, let me throw this to Oscar. You didn't mention uh, the role of AI and how we cannot ignore it, basically. It is... Not a question of if, but when. And it is already here and helping out in various processes, recruitment nonetheless. In the name of legal pushback, would you see or would you envision, or at least in your risk analysis, as you use this technology, you did mention something about being able to analyze someone's culture. And if perhaps I push back and I know the metrics that were used to decide against me, if I could push back legally and say that was discriminatory, would you see that as a possible risk? Because how, how do we regulate uh, something like AI in terms of how inclusive is it?
0: Actually, machine learning and artificial intelligence give a much fairer assessment of a candidate than, uh, than a human being would. Because as human beings, we have inherent biasness and good thing for pointing out the boldness and how I shave, because those are two different things. Even when I'm new, I would have an inherent bias in terms of how you shape. But when it comes to our recruitment platform or any module on seamless HR, it will actually base a selection based on your years of experience, what you put out in terms of your CV, how you answered a psychometric test. So that becomes a more scientific understanding of uh, the candidate rather than an inherent bias because of how somebody dresses, how somebody looks, or any other thing that uh, could be biases. And biases exist in so many forms, in terms of gender bias, in terms of uh, how you perceive people, how they talk, accents, and so forth. But with uh, a software is basically a fair referee. Think about it like uh, VAR in football. Uh, at the end of the day, it's either it was a goal or not a goal. There's no emotion attached to that particular outcome of the decision that you came up with.
2: Thank you for that. New coffee do you agree that in terms of machine learning and even humans, there are some inherent biases with humans in terms of how people read someone and judge someone? Would you agree that from, with that from a HR perspective?
1: That's why organizations will normally apply a variety of Tools and experiences to determine the right candidate or AI assessment is one. Face-to-face interviews is another. Giving a candidate an opportunity to sit through an assessment center where you observe them, simulate a live work situation is yet another. So I I think it's a consolidated outcome of a number of ways to assess talent that enables us to reduce that bias, inherent bias.
2: Thank you, coffee. And let's get into something else we wanted to address. And I'd just like to remind those who are listening in, thank you for joining us. Please be feel so free to throw in your question. And we would encourage you to do that through this very particular space. There are various options that we have. You could DM Mongo Capital, that is the host with a question, or you could also request to speak and we would take your questions directly. There's someone at the back end just monitoring who would want to contribute. And, or type below a pinned tweet with the hashtag Wongo Spaces, just where the tweet is that was advertising this particular Twitter space and conversation that we're having tonight. So we welcome and encourage people to start asking the questions. And one question that is coming in, and this I believe Nyokashi you'll be able to answer, Actually, there's two, and I believe you can answer them. How do you start with applications for work abroad? And how does one navigate the process of relocating abroad? And what should one expect?
1: Mark, with respect to the question on how does one access the opportunity, I will take it two ways. If you are already working for an organization that has a footprint in multiple markets, then the opportunity becomes even more present and easier for you to apply for a role or express to your leaders, you have the appetite for a cross-border experience. And from there, depending on the company's policies, talent management policies, then they would support and coach you to navigate through identifying an opportunity in a market that is going to give you the skills and capabilities you seek to achieving a market of your choice. When it comes to talent that is looking to move across borders and they're working for a local entity, first place I would go to all these available portals where organizations post their opportunities. And you talked about LinkedIn being one of them. Every day you are bombarded with opportunities from across the globe, really. In addition to that, I've seen on a lot of social media platforms organizations, posting projects, the gigs I talked about, that would easily be based in another country, but can be undertaken from your present country of residence. And what that does is give you this, help you build the skills and gives you the profile and strengthen your ability to work with people from diverse cultures and markets, which in itself then prepares you for the actual uh, move when a role that requires a physical move does arise. When it comes to moving, um, physical moving, and this this is one I'll give uh, my own experience. I think because my mind was ready, looking at the physical move from Kenya to Nigeria in 2018, I was ready. I knew I wanted to. So when the opportunity arose, I didn't think twice. I had spoken to the people that are close to me, to my family, and they were supportive. The physical move itself, there are quite a number of logistics that one needs to take cognizance of. And it's obviously not easy, especially if one is moving with family. It helps a lot if one is working for an organization or the organization that's receiving you on the other end, like Standard Charter did, has a robust onboarding program. I remember when I moved to Nigeria, I underwent cultural training that enabled me to understand The basic language, I can throw down a bit of pidgin. maybe not today, (laughs) (laughs) but you understand the the cultural nuances uh, and helps you get from point A to B and supports you whether it's in areas such as house hunting, school hunting for the kids. That whole onboarding package makes it so much easier to become work ready quicker to become productive much quicker. But I think the most important bit is actually the mindset. When I moved to Nigeria, I deliberately kept off the rather robust Kenyan community who I have now also become fully immersed in. And for the first six months I met and engaged with very few Kenyans because I wanted deliberately to build connections with Nigerians, with local people so that I get to understand their country from their perspective first before I can then hear the perspective of Kenyans such as me. So just that whole bit of having a mindset that's ready to explore and experience and learn and unlearn is what enables a much more settling process. And
2: there's one question here by, they call themselves on X, Peiku, I believe. And it seems simple, but it's quite direct and maybe and even Oscar can chime in on this. If a cross border international opportunity arrives, how will you know? So, basically, how do you get the
0: word?
1: Would you like to take a step at that? I'm
0: going to come back. Yes. Uh, and, and here, and as a social guy, as well as an employee, if you think about all these organizations that uh, you actually end up seeing their jobs, it's only as a result of the platform they're using. With a good HR recruitment platform, that's how the, the messages actually get out there. So like on Simlessy it has the ability to actually product that advert that New Cafe would have created and push it to LinkedIn or any other job site globally. And also give any person from any part of the world the means and the ability to actually go on that particular site without it crashing, uh, basically uh, being able to actually apply for that particular position. Organizations that you're never able to see their job. Adverts is because they are probably still utilizing traditional methods of actually advertising for jobs. And if you look at the the generation that is out here, if that job is not posted on something that is digital, more likely they're not able to apply. So the, the platform gives you the ability to actually broadcast it and actually be able to take it everywhere so that you are also able to attract global talent, as well as have a competitive edge in terms of who you're actually getting as an employee in your organization.
2: Thank you for that. And then you respond your copy to that one. If an opportunity arrives, how do you know? The same person goes up on the question and says, applying is tedious, especially with rejection emails. But I'm sure you've seen plenty in your line of work.
1: I'll start with the second part. And in support of what Oscar has said, with technology today, applying for jobs, can be as quick, as easy as clicking or clicking a box because the system will already have done the matching, the remote matching to ensure that your, your capabilities match with what the job seeks. And two, I guess the more prepared and determined that one is in terms of finding the job, why is strong enough that what will follow? So the tedious aspects become less tedious, if you may. If one wants that cross-border experience strongly enough. Coming to question one where you talked about how people get to know where opportunities exist. So I'll give an, an addition, another layer to what Oscar has said. So what if I've already put in all the alerts I need in all the right platforms for and curated the kind of role, my next role that I want and in which markets I want it. In addition to that, if I have built a strong enough network of sponsors and partners who are probably already working in the organizations or the countries that I desire to work, it is possible that I may get to hear about that opportunity before it even hits the platforms. And it, especially for cross-border roles, it counts so much if In addition to an application, there is somebody credible that is saying, yes, I know Oscar, I can vouch for him. It gives Oscar a foot in the door compared to other candidates. So the value of building a strong network of sponsors and mentors and people that can enable us to achieve our career aspirations should never be underestimated. I'd
2: like to encourage those who would have a burning question as you're following the conversation uh, or even just a comment. Based on your experience, maybe you work abroad uh, and you have one or two experiences to answer and chime in on the area of the we were looking to achieve today. To Oscar, you've spoken about some of the things that are able to uh, be to a recruiter based on technology. And that is the culture thing. and analytics in HR. Technology offers insight and key recruitment. How are data driven decisions achieving? also board of hiring strategies and what key metrics should these focus on.
0: I'll actually give you three. One of the key metrics that a managing director like Cafe usually looks at when it comes to hiring will be the time it takes to actually fill a position. So she's very cognizant that when this particular position leaves, how long will I be able to actually get a top talent to actually replace that? So one of the key metrics will be time to fill. The other one will be the quality of hire. As she's filling in and it takes six months, what is the quality that she will get to replace that particular position? And lastly, cost of hiring. So, those three things quality, time, and cost of hiring such that she's able to make HR decisions knowing that if Mark is a talent that I have in my organization, what should I do to either retain Mark because I actually know for me to replace Mark, it will take me six months, it will cost X, and there's also a likelihood I may not be able to actually get somebody in the caliber of Mark, our platform is able to give you those metrics in that you're able to make a uh, quick HR decisions. And one of the key HR decisions would be like, if it had taken Mark two years to be in that particular position and analytics are showing that it takes two years for somebody or in his position to actually move to another organization. What can I do? What can she do as an employer? Either that she needs to give you a bonus, promote you, or even give you added responsibility so that she's able to retain you in that particular organization. So that is basically what Seamless HR does give you analytics to make it easier for HR professionals to make quick and very informed decisions. Thank
2: you for that. And, you kind of, as we wind up, I'd like to that based on your experience, you, I believe, joined to say 2018, you have been in Nigeria. And in your experience as an employee and as a recruiter, what are the do's and the don'ts? and your reflection would you say and advise people to on your experience?
1: Mark, I'll come to that shortly. And before I do, I want to add a fourth metric to uh, what Oscar talked about, and that is in, with respect to the retention rates. Uh, for international hires within the first 12 to 18 months compared with local hires. We measure that closely because how long the person stays in the organization and becomes productive is an indication of whether, one, we made the right hiring decision, two, we onboarded them smoothly enough for them to be productive, and three, whether the organization is offering the culture and environment that enables people of the environments to thrive. And, and, and just speaking on that, international hiring, hiring across borders should ide- ideally be driven by a strategic business imperative. Is it that we're looking for a wider pool of talented people? Is it that we are looking, we have a shortage of specialized skills such as today, data and digital analytics skills are one of those really sought after. Or is it that we have a desire to drive diversity in our thoughts and perspectives in the organization Coming to your question, what are the do's and don'ts? From an employer's point, we already talked about the regulatory and legal aspects, so I'll consider that ticked. ensure that we com- you comply. You'd rather err on the side of caution in ensuring compliance to ensure that your brand, employer brand, attract the kind of uh, talent that you seek. And there are many ways to build a attractiveness and visibility of the brand, whether it's the organization culture and ensuring that we have testimonials from people, local and international talent that work in our organizations, posted testimonials about their experience working for uh, the organization, whether it's it's with respect to our organization sponsoring and participating in cross-border career fairs. I'm aware in some countries, the cross-border career fairs are quite big and attract not just the visibility but a lot of candidates. The other dose is the employee value proposition itself. An organization looking to attract talent across border has to have the appetite for flexibility because have unique aspects to consider. Whether it's a cultural assimilation I talked about or issues such as currency devaluation. If an assignee is being paid in the local currency. And given all of the macroeconomic headwinds we've seen in the last three, four years, they attempt to convert that currency into the dollar before they send it home and it is slashed by a huge percentage, then it wouldn't be attractive for them to continue to work in that host environment. Or even just a whole comp and reward package for international assignees to successfully be attracted and stay retained in an organization, then considerations need to be made. On the part of the talent themselves, the, the do's is keep an open mind. Look to learn new things. Look to experience new ways of doing uh, things. The spend judgment of what you know so that we may allow ourselves to learn new ways of doing things. Be willing to experiment with local businesses because ultimately, I think looking at multinational experience. Interestingly, you find me in the process of returning back to Kenya after the five years in Nigeria. In addition to the uh, technical and professional experiences, immense experiences that I gave and gained, the closest that I take away is the cultural aspects, the relationships I built, the local color, the food, the culture, the huge artsy aspect of Lagos, Nigeria. So for somebody looking to work abroad, they've got to open up their mind so that they can experience that full breast. Otherwise it will be the same as staying in your own country if one maintains only that which they know.
2: Thank you, Yokafi, for that. And something that you can quickly respond to, wasn't it the planned questions here? As someone considers moving to another country, would fluctuations perhaps in the currency? For instance, if it is in Nigeria and Niger fluctuations, is it something that someone should consider as I go to India, as I go to SA, as I go to America, as I go to Ghana, wherever, Egypt? Is it something that you should keep in mind that might affect your well being as an employee if you work to move?
1: Yes, strongly and progressive employers such as Standard Chartered will normally structure their compensation in a manner in which it takes account of those kind of fluctuations so that international assignees are not left worse off by having relocated to work abroad. And at the same time, the organization remains able to attract talent from other markets by offering competitive and differentiated comp to both local and international assignees.
2: Feel free to also jump in with a last comment, but I'd like to give an opportunity for Oscar now as he wraps up because he's from the side of support, uh, for recruitment, uh, processes and that is with technology and that is seamless HR. You've mentioned earlier from the beginning, what you can expect from seamless HR, but what do you see generally being the emerging trends in HR technology that will shape the future of cross border? I oh. things, AI,
0: which I've mentioned yeah. AI and machine learning. Uh, virtual reality, the ability to ima- have an immersive experience for candidates even before they are mm-hmm. so that you're actually able to know if Oscar is actually a culture fit for any particular organization across Africa. And lastly, blockchain. I think blockchain will be a very fundamental thing for uh, HR people because of identity verification and does away with a lot of things like uh, resume fraud. So with blockchain and we have your uh, information, you won't be able to actually like saying that uh, you are an engineer and you don't have the papers or the education or even the experience to actually be an engineer. So in the coming years, and this has actually started, uh, the three things will be artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and bo- blockchain for identity verification.
2: Asante Sana, Oscar. New coffee, I need to ask you this question because in the name of talking about cross-border recruitment, there is an instance where, and you can confirm this whether it's true or not, as you talk about what is the trend moving forward in cross-border recruitment, I could be working for a different country, but I am still back home. Could you just tell us a bit more about that, especially with the working from home reality, where someone is employed by a different company, but works from Their home as long as they have internet. So, what trends are you seeing,
1: Mark? Again, looking at me right now, I'm seated in a very cold part of Nairobi, Kenya, serving a market that is 4,000 plus miles away, and that's been enabled by connectivity, technology, and forward thinking. I've been back for a couple of weeks now, and I am I continue to provide seamless engagement, proactive advice and quality support to the markets that I look after in West Africa. You recall I talked earlier about a six-month stint I did back in 2021 in which I took up a global role that provided service to 62 countries. Again, that's all because of their ability to not just move physically but also move the jobs to where the person is. And organizations find where the legal and regulatory requirements permit. It makes even more sense because the person, the organization is still able to access the capabilities that they seek and the talent is able to gain the diverse experiences that they are looking for, even though they are based in their home country. So that should always be an opportunity to consider. And in today's world of gig economy, people could actually take on multiple jobs if their contracts allow them to do so
2: seated in the comfort of their home, in their home countries. Thank you for that, Florence, and I, and Maja, we're talking about cross-border recruitment. The cross-borders, thanks to technology, is possible right from home. And actually, good to know that you are here suffering with us in the cold. I thought you were in Nigeria as we joined in this call. So thank you for your time. Nyokashi's Lawrence, Managing Director, Human Resources, Standard Chartered Bank, West Africa, Santisana. And thank you to Oscar Nana, Enterprise Sales Manager, East Africa, at Seamless HR. Thank you to Marvel Capital for putting this together. And I, I do hope that this has been worth the while. The 10s that have joined us, particular I see 80 plus, uh, at least at some point, in terms of this Marvel space. Thank you all for joining us. And keep the conversation going. Mawo Capital is very vibrant online. They keep responding to questions. And they will link you up, Kiri Okashi and Oscar and the Seamless HR team. To respond to the questions that you may have will come up later and uh, much as this hiring tips on attracting talent across borders spaces conversation is over it continues online and the moral capital team promises to continue with these engaged yes. conversations yeah sanjay to the whole team had yourselves a good
1: night, good night and god bless all the best as you go forth and see those opportunities